This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It sure is, and we are so set to go. We hope you are as well. About five minutes after four, we welcome your calls. It is 604-280-9898, a live show once again, of course. On a uh, Sunday afternoon, so join us, 604-280-9898. You have employment law questions, anything under that uh, that topic, bring them on. We'd love to talk to you, get some quick answers. You'll want to reach out through email. We'll try to get some of those today as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for you to use any time, it is free, it is anonymous, it is a wealth of information. It is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's available anytime. You can just use it and close your browser. Nobody knows you were there. Or you can uh, punch through at the top right for more contact. And Lior, a member of his team, will be in contact with you in uh, in short order and carry on with more of a, a private conversation. But right here and right now, 604-280-9898 is the number to call into the station and talk to us. Coming up here, we'll talk about forced resignations in a bit. What are they? How to navigate that topic. But first, pal, as always, week that was, what do you got cooking? Hey, Johnny. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Actually, it's been a very busy weekend so far in the sense that I've been getting lots of emails and voicemails from individuals about their workplace rights, as I do, Mm -hmm. except this weekend seems to be even more than usual. But that's great. I've been answering people, uh, you know, as much as possible. And I want to answer as many questions right now about your workplace rights. So don't be bashful. Bring them on, whether it's a layoff question or the opposite, a return to work question. You, your boss wants you to come back, but maybe it's a different job or different pay, different hours. You want to know what your rights are. You want to know what benefits you qualify for. Can they do this? Many other questions. Don't be bashful. Now's the time. Now's the place. There's people listening, and by them listening, you'll be helping them as well if you ask your question. So do that or reach out to me privately. We'll give you that information throughout the show. But let me start with telling you some situations that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke with a, a lady who was very recently called back to work. Uh, but she, when she was called back to work, she was told that, uh, well, other than your regular Monday to Friday shift, we need you to pick up an extra shift every weekend because we, we can't afford to have another person and pay them as well. So we're going to need you to help us cover and, and pick up another shift on the weekend. She couldn't do that because she has other commitments on the weekend. Frankie didn't want to work weekends. So she told her employer, sorry, I can't. Happy to come back to work. Happy to work my regular shifts. Can't work that extra shift. Her employer then says, well, okay, well, then we don't really have the ability to bring you back uh, now. Hang tight, and we'll get back to you once we're, we're able to do something. That's when she calls me, and she wants to know, did I, did I do something wrong? Did, did they do something wrong? What goes on here? So here's the thing, John. They do not have the right to require her to change her job. And she was well within her rights to say, no, I'm not doing that. That's very true for her and for everyone else listening right now. Whether it's COVID-related or not, your employer can't require you to take on another shift, to, to change your job. Now, so what her options are are as follows. She can wait. She can see if, if she comes back to work at her regular job at some point, and who knows when that will be. 
Or she can say, well, enough is enough. I've waited. I've given you the chance. Now it's a termination of employment. Now I'm going to require you to pay me my severance. So she's thinking about that. But I wanted to remind everyone here is that you have that option. Maybe you've, you've given the company the chance now. You've been home for a while. They haven't called you back. You followed up. You're not sure what they're doing. They're not sure what they're doing. You have to decide what else are you comfortable yeah. with. Do you continue waiting and see what happens? Do you say enough is enough and get your severance? You have that right. And if you'd like to do that, don't hesitate. Reach out to me and we'll get going. And by the way, to uh, reach out to uh, Lior and the team when we're not doing the show, it is 604-283-3123. Email contact is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now on this radio show for the remainder of this hour, 604-280-9898. And we'll get to, uh, to Tom. Tom, thanks for standing by for a couple minutes. Good afternoon. Hi. Can you tell me the seniority rule with a company or is it just uh – um, they can pick and choose who to work mm. overtime or whatever. Uh, are you talking union or non-union, Tom? Non-union. So in a non-union environment, there really isn't such a thing as a seniority in the sense that the company doesn't have to follow seniority in any way, uh, in, both in terms of who gets what shifts, uh, who gets called back to work, who gets laid off. They don't have to follow seniority. Uh, that's really only in a union environment. Uh, what they can't do is, of course, they can't discriminate against people based on their age or, or any other reason, but the company does not have to follow seniority in a non-union workshop. Yeah, on that, though, if, um, say, some guy is uh, more computer smart than you, um, and they're giving him all the overtime, can they do that? Yeah, yeah, they can do that. Uh, again, as long as they're not discriminating. If they say, well, you know, we think you're too old to be able to do this job. If that's what they said, for example, that's age discrimination. Forget that. That's illegal. Absolutely. But if they say, listen, this guy has other skills, so we're going to give him the overtime. Yeah, they can do that. Uh, and they're not breaking any law by doing that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm 76 mm-hmm. and I'm not up to the computer. Uh, I do what I was hired to do. And here's the other thing. When I was hired by the company, I wanted X amount of money. And they said, okay, in one year, we'll give you the dollar raise. Well, in the meantime, the company was sold, resold, and sold. And I went to them and I said, look, you can sell it 100 times. It's got nothing to do with me. I made my commitment. You guys promised me this. And after two years, you give me a 50-cent raise? No, it, it doesn't cut it. But I wanted to know, uh, am I, am I, can I go and ask them, say, look, uh, you guys promised me that. And they always come back with the saying, oh, we're in the process of uh, um, whatever it is, taking over a new company and all this. Well, now it's over two years. So, Tom, here's here's what's very important to, to do in these situations. Whenever there's a promise of a raise or some sort of an agreement about changing the terms of employment, you want to always, always have that in writing. Because if it's not in writing, it kind of almost becomes a he said, she said, your word against theirs. If you have it in writing, it's actually very easy to enforce. 
So yes, I absolutely would encourage you to go talk to them and push them to give you that raise. But ultimately, if they refuse, there's not much we could do by way of, of any to, uh, to force them unless you have something in writing. So for Tom and for everyone else, if you have an agreement with the company, oh, in a year we're going to promote you, we're going to change your pay, we're going to do this or that, get it in writing. It doesn't have to yeah. be a formal contract. Email does just fine, but you have to have it in writing. Tom, appreciate the call and enjoy the rest of your uh, your afternoon. Thank you for your time. If you want to call in just like Tom, get some answers. That's how quick it happened. 604-280-9898. You had something else you wanted to discuss before we uh, we moved on, Paul. What was that? I did, yeah. So I spoke okay. with a, a gentleman who also called me this week. Now, in his situation, his employer had decided that everyone in the workplace has to wear a mask now because of COVID. Yep. Uh, he had a, a, a breathing issue, had asthma, some other issues, so he, he didn't feel he could do it. And he called me and he wanted to know, well, they're requiring me to wear a mask. How do I deal with this given the fact that, that I don't know that I could do that for, for health reasons? So what I told him to do is this, go talk to your doctor. Very simple. Get a note from your doctor saying that for medical reasons, you cannot uh, wear a mask. You can work, you just can't wear a mask. He did. He got that doctor's note, he gave it to his employer, and his employer did the right thing. They said, okay, we'll accommodate you, we'll ensure social distancing in the workplace, we're not going to make you wear a mask because you have a medical condition. Problem solved, good employer did exactly what they're supposed to. And I wanted to bring this up, of course, as a, as a reminder to employees and employers that if there is a medical condition that prevents an employee from wearing a mask, as long as there's a doctor's note that corroborates that, the employer has to try to accommodate that situation if at all possible. In this case means allowing him not to wear a mask. That doesn't mean you're reckless and you're not being safe. You have to find other ways to keep safety, but you do have to try to accommodate an employee even in that situation. Now, this is different from someone saying, you know, I'm supposed to go back to work, but uh, I don't feel safe and I don't think I should have to go back to work because that's how I feel. That's different, isn't it? It is different. And John, that's actually one of the most common questions I've been getting the past mm -hmm. month or so when yeah. individuals saying, well, I've been called back to work, but I, I, the virus is still out there. I'm not comfortable. Maybe I have to take public transportation to get to work. Uh, can I just tell my employer, no, no, I don't want to. Well, the problem is if you're not feeling safe, even though it's reasonable, and I know many people that are, are feeling unsafe, even though it's reasonable, it's still not a good enough reason not to go back to work. If the workplace is open legally and is otherwise deemed to be safe, you have to go back to work or that may be considered a resignation. And then you don't get uh, any severance. You also don't get any CRB benefits. So you have to be careful. Now, if you have a medical condition and that's why you can't go back to work, that's fine. But get a doctor's note. Let's take a, a short break, get some uh, some more time to get these calls lined up, and you want to call through, we'll get you on the air as well. 604-280-9898 is the number. You'll want to reach out to Lior by email. You can send those along as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and any time at all, it is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Employment Law Show, just getting warmed up, lots to go. Stick around right here on CKNW. It is about 17 minutes after 4. Yeah, welcome back to the show. That number is correct, 604-280-9898. Your calls are always top priority. Anita, thank you for standing by. How are you this afternoon? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Great. What's on your mind? So my question was, uh, just listening to the last um, the caller about his um, question was uh, regarding... Um, the raise and education versus having, you know, someone who has the experience to do the job, yet somebody comes into the office is 
that you're you're working for. Um, they have the education, you know, diploma, whatever it is that their their field is. However, it's it's different from what their education falls behind. Yet they're doing a job that you've been doing for how x amount of years because you've been there for so long. You have the, all that experience, but then somebody with an education certificate comes in and they have um, you know they're paid more. Yet at the same time, uh, you as the individual who has the experience is training this person. I'm, I'm just kind of curious on what your thoughts about about that is. It's a great question, Anita. And if you're talking about, wait a second, this is unfair. I've been there for a while. I know the job. I'm training this person, but they're getting paid more than me. That, that makes no sense. And I agree with you. It's not exactly. fair. Exactly. It makes no sense. And it's bad business practice. But here's the thing. It's not illegal uh, in the sense that an employer doesn't have to be fair from a legal standpoint uh, as long as they're not discriminating against people so they can't say well i'm going to pay someone more because they're younger and uh, you know the the older employees are going to pay less because i hope they want to just leave no that would be age discrimination or they can't say i'm going to pay a man more than a woman again that's sex discrimination terrible illegal but they can simply say well you know what i think this person can ultimately contribute more so i'll pay them more that's not nice, it's not right, it's not fair, but Anita, unfortunately, it's also not illegal. Hmm, okay. Okay, I was, I was kind of curious, because that's been on my mind pretty much this week, and, yeah. and the only reason why I'm asking is because it's the last caller, so it's like, well, it's kind of like what I'm kind of going through right now, right? And, yeah. Okay. That's Thanks, Thanks Anita. Anita. Appreciate the call. Appreciate your time. You want to uh, follow out or at least follow up again? Anything else? 604-283-3123. That's the number to get a hold of Lior and his team. And it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But right here and right now, you can make that call as well. You still have, uh, you still have lots of time. We'd love to talk to you here. Uh, with the remaining time of the show. In the meantime, though, we know we see lots of situations recently where employers are telling employees that you have to do what we tell you or else you resign. That's right. You resign. We call that a forced resignation. So let's uh, let's discuss that. I guess you've been seeing this a lot more recently than you have in the uh, recent past, eh, Leo? Oh, my gosh. I've been seeing it all the time. That's why I wanted to talk about this idea where employers are saying, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring you back, but different hours, a different pay. Uh, and employee, if you're not doing that, then you, you've resigned. We'll accept your resignation. And I've had so many people call me saying, but wait a second. They're telling me I have no choice but to either accept or resign. Is that true? Well, spoiler alert, it's not true. And that's exactly what we want to talk about. So first of all, I mean, what is a real resignation? And does one get severance if he resigns? Because I know there's some grayer when it comes to looking at it from this angle, right? So let's be very clear. A resignation. The reason why the situation I described is illegal or it doesn't make sense is because a resignation is something the, the individual does voluntarily and unilaterally. So you can be the only one, the individual, the employee is the only one that can decide if they resign. They cannot be told to resign. They cannot be forced to resign. So if you decide, you know, I don't want to work here anymore. I want to work somewhere else. I, I've had a good career. I'm going going. I'm leaving the country, whatever it is. You resign for your own reasons. That's a resignation if you leave for your own reasons. If someone tells you you have to resign, it's not a resignation. And the reason why that distinction is very important is because with a real resignation, you don't get severance. 
So you don't want to be considered to have resigned and give up your severance where that shouldn't be the case. So a real resignation, no one can tell you to resign. You, the employee, is the only one that can decide whether you want to resign. Again, questions about this or any other topic, you can bring them on. We're live and uh, ready to take your call, 604-280-9898. So then what happens if you hear that, resign or else? Well, keep in mind, uh, resign or else, it's not uh, a resignation no matter what. So if you're being told uh, you have to resign or else, you're going to say, I'm not resigning. Absolutely not. I'm always happy to continue working on 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 my existing terms. I'm happy to continue working with my existing pay, but I'm not resigning. Uh, And and your employer may be very confused when you say that. What are you talking about? You're not resigning. But no, you're not. It's just like, I don't even know what the right analogy is, but (laughs) you cannot be told to resign. So if your employer says resign or else, you're going to say neither. No, thank you. I'm not resigning. I'm going to continue working unless you, employer, tell me that you don't want me to unless you employer terminate my employment no no such thing as resignation unless you want to do it yeah see people are going to hear that and think yeah you know what the, the problem is uh, from what what do i i see is it, it's better off to have quote-unquote resigned than have been let go i guess they they boil it down to a matter of optics right should they be concerned about that because oh it looks bad if i was fired i'd rather just resign if they tell me to i, I still look clean Absolutely not. I hear that all the time, and and that's nonsense. No, it is not better to resign than to be let go. The only time, and I do mean the only time, where it may be better optically to resign is if you've you've done something terrible, like you stole, you hit someone, and it's something awful uh, in the workplace, in which case, yeah, you're probably better off to resign and, and not have to deal with that down the road. But other than that, no, there's no reason ever to resign because you're afraid of the optics. There's no such thing. A termination without cause is the most common way that employment comes to an end, the most common way. When employment comes to an end, if you picked 100 people that are no longer working for a company, probably 90 of them were terminated without cause. So that's fine if you're terminated. There's no, by the way, record somewhere that in a database, in a vault that's being kept in terms of why someone was let go. Absolutely not. So you don't have to worry about it. It's not going to hurt your future employment opportunities. Uh, so, so no. The only thing you'd be giving up is your severance if you resign when you don't want to resign. You have questions or comments about this? You can bring them on six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. We still got lots of time. It's only uh, four twenty five in the uh, the afternoon. So the next step is your boss comes and you know what? You got to resign. Then what do you say? <laughs> Well, no. First of all, if, if your boss says, do you have to resign? The answer should always be, no, I am not resigning. But in some situations, you may feel very uncomfortable continuing to work. Your boss doesn't want you there. So you have to resign, you know, right now, get out of here. Well, then at a minimum, at a minimum, if you're going to resign because it's completely uncomfortable, once you're out of there, send an email. And I mean the same day, okay? An email to that employer saying, here's what happened today. You told me I have no choice but to resign. Didn't want to, but because you told me I had no choice, I left. If, as soon as you do that, it confirms that what really happened there was mm-hmm. a termination. What really happened there is a situation where the company decided you're not going to be working there anymore, meaning they have to now pay you severance. And remember, in some situations, you could be owed as much as two years' pay. That's how much your severance is. So why on earth would you walk away from that when you don't want to, when the company is forcing the issue. So don't resign. And if you feel you have no choice, send that email and then call me right away. Please, please don't give up your rights. I think that I think the way that 
you mentioning that email there was probably answering, if not all, part of the, my next question was, how does someone prove that they were forced to resign? Again, you talk about the he said, he said type of thing. So how do you do that? Does that email solve that problem? It, that email is a perfect solution to the problem. What you don't want to do is, you know, you resign because you felt you had no choice. They told you you had to. They threatened you. Uh, and then you walk away. And then you don't have any more contact because then it does look like a resignation and it's going to be very, very difficult to get you the compensation, to get you the severance that you're owed. So what do you do? Very simple. You send an email. Email works so well. But by the way, don't send the email a month later. Don't even send it a week later. Send it as soon as possible, ideally the same day or within a couple days at most, saying, here's what happened. You told me I have to resign. You threatened me or you told me that uh, if I don't do this, I've resigned. If you do that and you have that email, then that now now you have the, the proof you need in most cases to pursue this as a termination, to get your severance. It's not difficult to do. What you don't want to do is just be silent. Then you, you're, you're guaranteed to be walking away from your rights. Part B of that question would be, well, what if I send that email, Lior, and I don't get a response from my employer? Just crickets. What good is That's it? That's perfect. I love the crickets because in this situation, <laughs> crickets, not getting a response is the same as acceptance. But think about it. If you send that email, there's really only three options. Either the company says, yep. yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened. They don't respond, which is good too. Or they say, no, no, that's not what happened at all. Well, if that's not what happened, there was a misunderstanding. You can go back to work, right? <laughs> so so you, you really are boxing the company in in that situation. So it's a very good strategy. Don't resign unless you want to. At a minimum, send an email. And if you don't get a response to that email, you're perfectly good. We'll take a quick break here, get back to the topic of Force Wrestling Nations, and we'll move on to other things, some emails, and hopefully a couple phone calls. you still got lots of time, so bring it on. It's 428 in the afternoon. That number is 604-280-9898. And the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show. This is CKNW. We are back. It is uh, 4.33. Thank you for sticking around. Yeah, you want to call through. Still got lots of time. 604-280-9898 is the number. You haven't been there before. Check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website. It is free. It's anonymous, like having an employment lawyer with you at all times. Tons of information there as well, and included in that, the severance pay calculator. So you can find out at any time what your severance should look like should look like, regardless of what you're handed, if you're ever handed that severance offer, what it should look like can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But uh, back to the discussion of forced resignations. So an employee resigns because something, I don't know, happened at work, made it very difficult to continue working. What do they do? So there's another type of a, of a forced resignation, and that is a yeah. situation where no one told you you have to resign, uh, but you felt that you had no choice. Uh, and oftentimes that happens, maybe you're being mistreated. You're not treated properly, you know, bullied or harassed. Or maybe they change your job, they reduced your pay, they change your hours. Like, oh my God, what do I, I can't continue working, I have to resign. So that's another type of forced resignation. This type of forced resignation, of course, our regular listeners know, we call a constructive dismissal. So it's still a termination in the eyes of the law, even though you may be the one making the decision to leave, but you didn't make the decision because you wanted to. You didn't make the decision because you felt like leaving. You made the decision because you felt you had no choice. So in those situations, as long as you can show what it was that forced you into leaving, why you had that good reason, then that's a termination, and you can get your full severance. Very common constructive dismissal, 
It's especially happening right now. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of constructive dismissals since uh, COVID started. Oftentimes when people are being brought back to work uh, with less pay or maybe people, you know, a temporary layoff is also a constructive dismissal. So if you're ever in that situation, you know now that that's not really a, a resignation. It is a termination and you can give me a call so I can help you get the severance that you're owed. 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, the number to call through for the remaining time of the show. Diana, thank you for uh, taking some time. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good. I have a question. I was in a situation where I had disclosed my disability in the interview. The owner who um, was in that position that hired me was fired, and subsequently I was bullied by his assistant manager. I had to have medical assistance and had to take time off. Uh, I filed a human rights tribunal uh, complaint, and I'm waiting for the uh, a face-to-face meeting. What is it expected of me to prove in this situation? So, then, are you, are you still working there? No, no. I, oh, uh, sorry. I I had six two week uh, uh, five days off, and I had a medical uh, doctor's note. And within that five days, he was the person was still calling me and bullying me at home, even though I had a doctor's leave. Um, right. And then it subsequently got worse. I had to go to the hospital to my because uh, my doctor didn't know what was going on with me. And it was like, no, you really are, you know, uh, it, it's not good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's the stress that you're getting is uh, exasperating it. I got a three-week um, leave for my doctor immediately. When I went to give it to the owner, um, it's like, uh, you're not going right away. You're waiting till Saturday to leave. And I'm like, but this letter says it's immediate and it's for three weeks. And he's like, I don't care. Wow. So I'm like, fine. <laughs> and then when I was in those three days before my last, my, I could leave um, for my medical leave, it was like, can I have... Can you, I'm paying medical through this company. Can you tell me what the paperwork is so I can do it, so I can get paid for three weeks? And he goes, no. And he was being vague, and it was ridiculous. So in that time, I wrote um, the human rights, filed a complaint. Um, they had, the company hasn't had two opportunities to deal with it, and they didn't. And now that they're dealing with it, um, I got a call a month ago saying, um, it's it, because of the virus, we can't come into the office. It has to be done through the, through, through a computer. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm the one who's the person's complaining. I don't have a computer and I'm not going to be on the phone for six to eight hours with a half an hour break in, uh, for lunch and two 15 minute breaks to deal with this on the phone. I want it however long it takes, it's going to take, but it's not going to be that way. I'm sorry you you had to deal with this. Obviously, that's such a there's so many things wrong with how you've been treated that I don't even know where to begin. But you no, are right now. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're right now. You're you're not dealing with it in the best way possible. And and here's what I mean by that is you're 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 not you're going to play into their hands if you don't have representation, if you try to do this on your own. Because there, there are rules and there are processes and, and, and procedures that have to be followed. And in addition well, to that, you, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I do understand that this is my second time around. and I've never been so bullied in the last decade. And for people who actually know better, 
when right. you go through all of the steps and you tell them everything and you disclose everything and you, this is how I work and it's still kind of role reversal. It's just disgusting. I've never had it this bad where I actually had to go into the hospital. I, I hear you. I hear you. And be so, on leave. And then when so they came back, the, the I nice just thing though is them. Diana is once myself or my team are involved, you may be able to avoid this whole process with human rights. You may not even need that conference. Just us being involved may be able to resolve this matter because there's another aspect to your case beyond the human rights, which is the constructive dismissal. Uh, in addition to any human rights damages that could be flowing to you here, there could be also severance because what they've done by bullying you, by mistreating you here, is they've terminated your employment. Uh, and, and it's not something that they should be allowed to get away with. So rather than terminate. you worrying, what's that? They didn't, they didn't terminate it. I had the three weeks off. And because it was so stressful the first week, I, when the human rights picked it up, I said, okay, you know what? I'm back on Sunday, Sunday, like September 1st, I was supposed to be back on. I quit that day. I came in and wrote a no, big no, letter. You, you, I know, I understand that, but. But, but you know, was, what you're not understanding, Diana, is that I know that you decided to leave, but in the eyes of the law, that's considered determination, okay? The, the law considers that because you left, not because you didn't feel like working. It's exactly what we've been talking about, because of the way you were treated, that you've been terminated. So, Diana, rather than you trying to figure out this process and how to deal with this conference on, on, on Zoom probably, let us do what we do and help you get through this and get you the compensation and, and move on with the clean slate. That's going to be my best advice to you. Uh, it is a termination. You are road severance. And rather than you try to fight this on your own, which I don't think is, is a good idea, especially if you're still having medical issues, let us do what we do. Diane, appreciate the call, and I'm going to give you a number to reach out. Please do, and, and you know, with no hesitation, 604-283-3123. Again, Diane, 604-283-3123. 3123 help at employmentlawyer.ca get a hold of Lior going to get to another call here before we uh, we break and that will be uh, that'll be Steve I believe Steve yes. how are you uh, how are you tonight I'm doing well I have a question for Lior this is a very uh, common theme in this uh, radio show I'm not speaking from personal experience but just just for this theme of the radio show I need just some call uh, some like you know friends in the past that I, I've seen why would an employer quote unquote set somebody up to get fired as opposed to just being I guess uh, fairly honest and saying, look, you know, it wasn't a good fit or it's a shortage of work or budget constraints because I used to work um, for Service Canada before and, and in the, uh, as a, like an adjudicator for employment insurance. And, and this was a very, like, there's, uh, I'm sure the or probably has more, uh, obviously has more insight than I do. There's so many, uh, like, nuances to this, but just, I just never understood <laughs> why would an employer, quote unquote, set somebody up to get fired? What would be the advantage from their end? And what would be the pitfall for the employee? I like. I just wanted to know why. Well, why would Steve, they... the the the, uh, the advantage is obvious. It's to save money on severance, right? If if the employer, as you say, sets someone up, they may be able to say we have cause to let someone go. We don't have to pay them severance. Right. Whereas right, if they simply yeah. said to the employee, you know what? Sorry, Bob, it's not working out. We're going to have to let you go. Then they have to pay them the full severance. So it's really about the money, and, and it's it's about trying to avoid paying severance for the same reason yeah. why. An employer would rather say that the employee resigned than that they were let go, again, to avoid severance. So that's, you're right, that is a theme here, how to preserve rights so that if you should be getting your severance, you're not walking away from it. But that's really yeah, what it comes down yeah. to. And Lior, just one thing, I was heard in your show on C radio, uh, commercial on CK, that I said, don't sign anything. And do you right. know how many people, like, especially on this radio show too, <laughs> I, how many people, the, the, the employer always says, this is non-negotiable. 
And, and the two <laughs> things that I've learned from people's personal experience, I just work in that department too. When the employer says this is non-negotiable, it is negotiable. And number two, when when <laughs> when they bring you into the meeting and the manager says, you know, sort of uh, two weeks before you get booted, hey, nothing to worry about. Hey, nothing. Yeah, you better start worrying. <laughs> well, I agree with you completely, yeah. and, and uh, I talk about that often. It's not even about negotiable. You're right. It's negotiable, but it's not even up to the employer because the law decides what someone right. gets. It's not up to the employer. They may not want to pay more. Well, too bad. If the law says you have to pay someone more, you're going to pay them more, not because I say so. That's the law. So you're absolutely right, Steve. An employee should not fall to that trap or, or, or fall for that uh, idea that they can't do anything about it because in almost every case, you absolutely can. Steve, appreciate you listening uh, so diligently. It's, uh, it's good. I uh, want to take a short break here. George, don't you go anywhere. We'll get to you next. And your phone call comes through the same way, 604-280-9898. Employment Law Show on CKNW. And back indeed, it is uh, 446. Thank you for uh, joining us. That number is 604-280-9898 to call in and ask your questions. George, thank you so much for standing by. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go ahead. Well, I was uh, working in a sawmill for 42, 43 years, hmm. and I was diagnosed with COPD. Not not really bad COPD, but <clears throat> and then I was off medical for a while, and I tried medical EI, and I found out I couldn't live on that, so I tried to go back to work, and I brought my doctor's note to the my employer, which said limited exposure to sawdust and smoke, and they looked at it and they said, "Sorry, we don't have a job for you here anymore." And they didn't even really try to accommodate my, uh, hmm. like, like putting me in a different position instead of a millwright. Now, George, were you part of a union? Yep. So George, steel workers. The, steel workers. Okay. So, so the the only one, unfortunately, that that can tell you if if in this case there was something else you could, they could have done or you could have done is the union. They're the only ones that can advise you. And if there is something there to pursue, they're the only ones that can pursue it for you. So obviously, it's a discussion you have to have with the union. And ultimately, whatever the union says, good or bad, is what the answer is going to be. If, if you were in a non-union environment, it would be a very different situation. Uh, but you have to talk to your union, George. Let's talk about that for for a second before we move on to maybe some email here in between calls. The art forty two years, I think George said, <laughs> which is that's a that's a that's a good haul. That is a long haul in a non union environment. Same scenario goes off COPD comes back says we're not going to accommodate you, which I think is the word he was looking for. What happens next? Well, if indeed the company didn't accommodate, but they could have, there was other options. And remember, the fact that it may be difficult to, to accommodate doesn't mean that they don't have to. An employer still has right. to accommodate even if it's difficult. Now, of course, they don't have to accommodate in every situation, but it's still the, the default rule they have to accommodate. If they refuse, they don't want to, they don't try hard enough. Not only is that a termination of his employment, that it's also a human rights violation. So he would be owed, after all these years, easily 24 months pay, potentially even a couple months more than that, okay? Maybe even as high as 26 months pay. 
human rights damages as well. Now, the unfortunate thing is in a unionized environment, it may be a different answer. They, they, they may not have the same obligation depending on what's in the collective agreement. And certainly there's no such thing as two-year severance for unionized employees. It could be as little as eight weeks pay. So very, very different scenario. Let's get on to an email from Jordan. By the way, you want to reach out any time to Lior and his team when uh, we're not doing the show, when you're calling in. That would be 604-283-3123 is the number. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jordan used it uh, with much success. Says, guys, my boss keeps threatening me that I'm going to be fired. I also have emails from him saying that I'm on the chopping block. That's nice. This stresses me out uh, beyond belief. What can I do? Yeah, no kidding. It stresses them out. It would stress anyone out. Can you imagine kind of going to work with, you know, the axe just hanging over there? Uh, no, that, that's not a good way to work. And, and, but here's the thing. It's more than just not being nice. If you're being put in this situation where you, you, you're uncomfortable, you're being told you're not really someone we like, we're going to find a way to get rid of you, that in and of itself could be a termination. You know, that's a form of harassment. It's a form of bullying. Uh, it's, it's a form of a poisoned work environment. So if that's what your situation is, Jordan, if, if you're in a, put in a situation where you, you're just not comfortable working because the way you've been treated, uh, if they want to let you go, they can let you go. The whole point of dragging it out and threatening you and telling you that it's going to happen, that's not right. So you now, Jordan, are in a situation you can simply say, enough is enough. I'm going to treat this as a termination of my employment constructive dismissal, we call this, of course, and then that's it. I'm gone, and I'm going to have you pay me my severance. That's probably the best way to work, to, to avoid the stress of going into work and wondering, is today the day to get another email saying that uh, we're going to fire you? Not a good way to be. Uh, so reach out to me, and let's just get you out of there. Does that kind of does that work to his advantage, though, as opposed to just being a verbal thing? He's got actual emails of the boss saying you're on the chopping block. I'm watching you. That's good, right? Oh, God, yeah, because keep in mind, uh. A boss is not going to say later, oh, yeah, we did do that. So, you know, it's never going to be uh, one of those things where you where you are going to be uh, – you have your life made easier by someone acknowledging that they made a big mistake. No, but if you have it in writing, that's all you need. So what I would have said to Jordan, if he didn't have anything in writing, I would say to him, well, here's what you do. Send them an email confirming what they've been telling you. Create that record yourself. So that way, when it's time to say enough is enough, we have that backup. Patrick says, guys, I was recruited by a very large company from a job I had for many years. I was just let go 10 months after I started because they said I wasn't a good fit. How much severance am I owed? Well, you know, I mean, who knows? He may not have been a good fit, but they still have to pay him severance, of course. Now, in a normal situation... Even after 10 months, depending on how old uh, he is and, and the, uh, the type of job he had, he could have been owed, you know, maybe three, four, five months pay. But if they recruited him away from another job, now we call this inducement. Inducement is a situation where you're not looking to leave. You're working away. You've been doing this. You're fine. Another company comes. They, they find out about you either somehow through someone or through a headhunter, and they convince you to leave. You leave, you join them, and then things don't work out, they let you go. Well, now, because they recruited you from another job, they have to account for the time you had with the previous company when it comes to your severance. So how long did he have with the, the first company, John? 
Uh, he didn't say. He said a very long time. A very but long he didn't, time. I uh, didn't specify. Yeah. Well, you know, let's say he had ten years with a previous sure. company. Well, now he's a ten year plus ten month employee, so he could be, be nice. owed a year's pay. So that's why it's it's important to remember that if you if you're a short service employee, well, how did you end up there? Did they recruit you? Or did you apply for a job? If they recruited you, you may be owed enhanced severance. And by the way, if you're going to sign a new employment agreement. After you've uh, uh, you've left your secure job, be very careful. You don't want to mm-hmm. agree to anything that limits your future severance if you've left the job uh, to join another company. You know, uh, Benjamin just sent an email along, and I know this has been a very common thing with people going back after COVID-19 as they get through the stages here. Uh, ben says, I was just told this week that I have to sign a new employment agreement and that if I don't sign it in one week, I will be fired. What can I do? What? Well, Let's understand that an employer is allowed to say to an employee, if you don't sign it, we're going to let you go. And that's because of the fact that an employer can let go an employee pretty much for any reason. And in this case, the reason may be, well, you didn't sign this agreement. But that's not a termination for cause. That's a termination without cause. And here's why that may be better for Benjamin instead of just signing us. So here's why. One of the things I can almost guarantee you this contract does, because I've seen this thousands of times, is it limits his future severance. So he signs this, and let's say six months later they let him go. Now, potentially, they can let him go with a fraction of the severance. He could be losing tens of thousands of dollars. Whereas if they let him go now, they'll have to pay him his full severance. So what you don't want to do, you don't want to sign an employment agreement that limits your entitlements. And there's a reason why his employer wants him to sign a new agreement. It's not because they decided that they like to see names on a piece of paper. It's because they understand that it's better for them. So if your employer asks you to sign an employment agreement, it's because it's better for the employer. Don't do that, at least not without understanding what it does. Reach out to me, let me see what it says. I've seen so many people sign these agreements and then later realize, holy cow, what what did I just do? Yeah. I signed this agreement that gave up rights, gave the company the ability to let me go without severance, let the company the give the company the ability to change my job, to reduce my pay, to lay me off temporarily, and for what? So please be very smart mm-hmm. about these new employment agreements. We'll wrap it up today with Jack's email. It's a short one, but again, a common scenario says, I was just told that I either have to take a pay cut or go on a temporary layoff for three months. What can I do? What's my choice? Well, there's a third option. Uh, And the third option is to say none of the above and to treat this as a termination of employment because an employer does not have a right to cut your pay and an employer also does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. I know many are surprised by that, but no, an employer does not have that right. Meaning if you are laid off temporarily or you have your pay reduced, you can treat that as a termination and get severance. So you have three options. You can accept the pay reduction, you can accept the layoff, or you can say, no, I'm going to get my severance. Keep in mind, if you accept either the layoff or the reduction, you've given the company the right to do it again in the future, and that's a big, big problem. That'll do it for today. Thank you. Appreciate all your emails and your phone calls. You always make the show. We'll uh, we'll reconvene next Sunday, of course. In the meantime, you want to get a hold of Lior and the team, 604 283 3123 is that number. Email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca and always available for you anytime. It's like having a lawyer with you 24-7. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, CKNW.
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.